Good morning. Welcome to worship this morning. As you see, I'm all by myself up here, so I need you to do something for me. I need you to sing very loudly. <laughs> and that's, that's okay. A lot of Psalms say, come to the Lord singing, singing, uh, uh, making a loud noise. So don't, don't, don't worry about how you sound. Just make a loud noise. But let's stand and sing today. song for you, Lord. Lord, for you I want to sing a song. I want to lift my voice to heaven. Listen to the angels sing along. The song of your faithfulness, the song of your grace, and of your loving kindness to the glory you are the Almighty, and yet you ask us to call you Father. Not only Father, but Abba, which means Daddy. And on Father's Day, we honor you, and we honor our earthly fathers, and we ask you to bless them. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Time is in his hand. 
every detail and then you miss one but then you fix it perfect good morning I'm Leanna Morris I'm the director of connections here at Memorial um, and this morning is very exciting we have four families joining our church this morning um, two families here with us in the nine and two in the eleven and I'm gonna introduce them to you this is Ross and Alex Cole I think that's how we pronounce it that's how I pronounce it and then this is Jesse and Will Cochran, and they are both joining us in the 11. But this morning, I have here with us the Kylans, John and Mary, and Megan, Wayne, and Jackson Yant. Yeah. They clap for you before you even did anything. How about that? Leanna Morris is our director of Connection, and she's doing exactly that. Um, she is helping us uh, reach out to people that I visit. She's helping visitors that are first time to her church, and she's helping people who have been um, coming for some time find their way and be connected. And for that, um, I'm entirely grateful. The membership covenant is great. It's simple. It's short. The people who are joining participate. The people who are in the congregation participate. If you'll join with me, I'll ask you first. As members of this congregation, will you faithfully participate in its ministries by your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness? Yes? Excellent. Members of the household of God, I commend these families to your love and care. Do all in your power to increase their faith, confirm their hope, and perfect them in love. We give thanks for all that God has already given you, and we welcome you in Christian love 
as members together with you in the body of Christ and in this congregation of the United Methodist Church, we renew our covenant faithfully to participate in the ministries of the church by our prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness. They promised, and you promised. And every time somebody makes a promise, you affirm your promise. This is what I love about the United Methodist Church, whether it be a baptism, whether it be a wedding, whether it be confirmation, whether it be joining everyone together, supporting one another in this journey. And it doesn't just end today. We continue to walk along with one another, and we are strengthened uh, in that walk by the families that join today. Welcome. We're so grateful to have you. Welcome. 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 <laughs> if y'all welcome them, y'all may have a seat. This fall, um, Leanna will be leading what we're calling GPS classes, uh, like your um, GPS in your car, helping you find which way you're going to go. It's funny when we hired Leanna, she said, what have you called these classes before? I said, compass classes. Uh, because the compass used to be the way that you found where you're going, and one of her immediate things was, maybe we update that uh, to what we actually use now, which is GPS. So these families that um, have joined um, earlier in the summer now and will join up to the fall, and people interested in joining will come to our GPS classes in the fall, um, uh, the acronym being Growing, Partnering, and Serving. Um, just a couple of announcements. There's a Father's Day photo booth um, for our big um, Sundays. We have a photo booth in the social hall. You'll go directly out of this building to the social hall, see those, those glass doors with a curtain down. Um, there's all kinds of little props um, Leanna has put there in a backdrop. And if when you take a picture, if you would post it on social media and um, mention something great about Memorial, um, that would help us. Um, we have um, what... We have the um, arrangements for Miss Jane Rhodes' service. Uh, Miss Jane passed this week. Um, if you'll please pray for the family. Uh, that family has lost their mother and their father within a month uh, of one another. The service will be on Tuesday at 2 p.m. in the sanctuary. It will be exactly uh, as Wayne's uh, day of service was. There'll be a visitation before in the sanctuary you have a time to visit with family, and then you can have a seat, and the service will be at 2 p.m. Uh, so if we pray for them, let's pray together. Gracious and loving God, we give thanks for everyone who had a wonderful image of a father in their life. And we pray for comfort that we may be a comfort for those who did not have an excellent father figure in their life. We give tremendous gratitude for you and the fatherly characteristics that all of us try to live up to. We thank you for placing us where we need to be, for calling us to a higher place, for giving us gifts and skills unique only to us, that we may be an instrument of your peace. We pray for the Rhodes family this week as they gather together again to mourn a loss. Help us, Lord, as a church family to surround them with love and to celebrate Miss Jane by celebrating what she did in your name. Be with us as we start VBS. The children, the volunteers, the staff, the spaces that have all been created so that our children may learn more about themselves, more about one another, and more about you. Bless them this week, Lord, as they gather. Inspire us this morning as we've gathered to hear your word proclaimed to us today with the prayer that your son taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
So the opening image today is about a path. Let's look at a picture. I've been hiking several different places, several different states, and oftentimes there are multiple paths that you can take that each have a um, color spray painted on the tree so that you keep track. And I'll be honest, there's been times when uh, my family and I were on the white track and figured we continued on that white track and then we're like, you know what, I think we're on the orange track. But I'm guessing the orange track comes back to the same place where the white one started. It's just a little different. You've been several different places where there was a path laid out before you wondering exactly where it would take you. And then when some opportunity presented itself, what you should do with that different path. It might have been academics. I figure if I do this thing, then I'll go here. And if I go here, then I'll do this. If I complete my degree, then that's what I'll do. Until something changes at that academic institution. Whether it be a teacher, whether it be a professor, whether it be a dear friend, whether it be a relationship, something happens on that academic path that may shift it. Relationship. I figure we're going to date now. I figure we're going to get engaged here. I figure we're going to get married here. And I figure we're going to live here. <laughs> okay. I mean, maybe. That might work out. It might go a completely different way career. Look, all I have to do is put five years in. Five years in this place, then I'll be promoted to this. When I'm promoted to this, then I'll get to do this. Maybe. If that boss does what the boss promised, if you deliver on the numbers that you've been asked to deliver, if nothing else changes, if the business doesn't change hands, that could change my faith. I'll believe in God. I'll continue to be faithful. I'll come as often as I possibly can if the things that I continue to ask for will play out in the way that I hope they will. I mean, maybe. Or you might have experienced something so drastic, so different, potentially so traumatic at times that it tests your very faith and you're veered off into another direction. Academic, relationship, career, faith. Sometimes we've created a sense of what we should do. Sometimes other people have created that sense for us and are expecting us to live up to it. And each part of that path builds on the other. Decision after decision after decision. And it's completely in our hands until it isn't. And we have no idea what that reason might be. It's something comes along that truly changes. I'll give you a simple one that's connected to Father's Day. I was graduating seminary in 2003. I had been in kindergarten since 1983. Been in school since kindergarten, 1983. I'd been in academic study, which I wouldn't say was my forte, for 20 years consecutively. And as I was looking at a trip to celebrate um, my graduating seminary, I was going to fly to Boston. I was going to see the Red Sox on Friday night, the Yankees on Saturday night, the Orioles on Sunday night, and then come home. It was about $550. And if I took a friend, it'd be knock it down to 485, 465. I came home and a cat came around the corner in my home with a bib on it. And it said, Daddy. And my wife told me, you're going to be a father. And I've known for two weeks. I didn't tell you for two weeks because you were taking finals. I didn't want that pressure on you. So she had held that. I don't know how she even did it. And told me, and um, still haven't gone to see the Red Sox. <laughs> or the Orioles. I've seen the Yankees. And this December that child will be eligible by law to operate a motor vehicle. <laughs> that's how long that's been. Unbelievable. The path that you figure you're going to take and then the path that you actually do take. We've got two guys 
two very different guys on very different paths who are intersecting in this story today. And I think it's fascinating. Acts chapter 9, verse 1. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go to the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he, would bli he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. Do you see any key words there? You're talking about a man who is raging on God's behalf. You ever see somebody doing that? They feel that they've got to do whatever it takes to rage against anyone whom they feel is an impediment to what God wants. They've got to embarrass that person. They've got to silence that person. They've got to move that person from any significant thing in the life of the church because they feel that they do not have anything of worth to offer. Social media has ramped this up by 20 times. Because you don't see the person that you're talking about. You don't see their face. You don't see their family. And if you get a picture in your head of who that person is and what they're doing, and you figure they are the absolute wrong thing to be saying anything about God, anything about Jesus, then you can get pretty ramped up in a hurry. And if people get ramped up and they say something on social media, and people start to feed off of it, or if you gather for lunch and you start to feed off one another, raging against people whom you think are impeding the will of God, you can get in trouble in a hurry. Saul believes anyone who is connected to what Jesus did or said needs to be gone. They don't need to be out of the faith community or quiet in the faith community. They need to be literally gone. And so he is going synagogue to synagogue to get their names. This will be picked up by other future leaders, political and military, who decide that if we go to churches and get the roles of people, we can find out exactly where they are, who they are, track them down, and take them out. That's what Saul's doing. Now, you might see Hitler and the Nazis doing that and go, well, I mean, they were the ultimate evil. They weren't guided by anything connected to God. They just got sideways in a horrific way. And it was an anomaly. This is a man in the name of God. In the name of God, he is raging against other people who figure that they are following God and wants them to be absolutely gone. Until he's not. <laughs> Until he is knocked off his horse. Now, those guys who were with him, who watched him go in there, who watched him take the list, who watched him hunt those people down, who watched them potentially kill him, they see their leader knocked off his horse and on the ground and blind out of nowhere. There's not a person who's come up and punched him off the horse. There's not a person who's come up with a weapon and knocked him off the horse. Out of nowhere, in a thing that they cannot see, he is off his horse and he is blind. What do you think happened to those guys who were walking with him? The baddest guy that they know. Now, if you were here last week, we talked about Stephen, 
a man who was put in charge of making sure that widows in the faith community were given enough food. He did exactly that. He proclaimed the name of Jesus. He was dragged out of town by an angry mob and stoned. And as he was stoned, we read last week that people came and put their garments at Saul's feet. It's like he was the heir apparent. Scripture passage today is this guy doing that exact thing, getting knocked off his horse, figuring the best thing that he can do is rage against other humans on God's behalf. Now, what would give him that impression? What would give a weak, ignorant human being, and I'm not calling him weak and ignorant, pointing him out. I'm talking about all of us struggle with weakness and ignorance because we just can't contain it all. We can't understand it all. We cannot comprehend it all. What would give a man like that the sense that he could determine who lived and died? Who was included and who was not? What causes us to do that? My only sense, my only guess, is that we can only contain a certain portion of what Scripture says. We can only handle a percentage of the volume of Scripture, and so we pick a one. And when we pick one, it's generally based on either what our parents picked, what our faith community has always picked, or what we already believed and we went and found it. And when we pick that, however it's picked, we figure we understand this and anyone who's not living by this according to the standard that we figure is out of bounds and we need to eliminate them. This has defined all kinds of religious um, conflicts since there has been Christian faith communities. Now that's one guy knocked off his horse, blind, and sitting there not eating or drinking for three days. Let's read about the other guy. Verse 10. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I've heard many reports about this man and all the harm he's done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he's come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go! This man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings to the people of Israel. And I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. So let's look at your next phrase. Loving only those you deem to be friendly. That's Ananias. What do you think it took to become a faithful leader in this new community called Christians? What do you think the measurables were for the people to look around and say, I think you're going to be a faithful leader to be here if people come here. I think you're going to be a faithful leader to leave here, almost like the sales department, and interact with people. I think you're going to be a faithful leader to pray with those who are heartbroken. However that was, Ananias is chosen to be on the road. He's not home. And many of you, including my father, spend significant amounts of time on the road. Now, if he's out there, that means he's more often than not interacting with people who are wondering about this, and it's his job to tell them about it, and if it were sales, to close to get people interested. Out there on the road, 
God tells him, I want you to go speak to a man who's well known for killing people like you. Now, the other side of the church, of any faith community, is the people who think everything is about love. If we have a, um, a continuum of love and accountability, humans struggle to hold that intention. Lots of times they lend towards one or the other. Grace or accountability. The trouble with people who often think that it's entirely about grace is that they like to surround themselves with people who think it's entirely about grace. And when they hear somebody who's being hard on people or trying to draw people to accountability or being difficult, they say, well, that person's mean. I don't think we ought to talk to them. You go, you go okay. Um, so what's this grace about? It's, it's the grace defined by saying, I am, as a core principle, going to be welcoming and inviting and gracious unless somebody's grumpy and I'm not dealing with that. Now, it's, it's slightly bigger stakes for Ananias because this man is a killer who's designed to come and hunt him down. But the truth is still there. There's people who think that the Christian faith or that religion is about enforcing rules and excluding people if they can't follow them. And there's people who think that faith and religion is about grace unless people don't think it's about grace and then they shouldn't get to hang out with us. What would give him that impression? That he could determine who could be included? And then say, I don't want to see him. I don't want to help him. I don't want to have him join our group. What would give him the impression that he had the authority to say something like that? <laughs> it seems to be in the human core code to figure, I've got a pretty good grasp on this, and I can determine who needs grace and who needs accountability and by what measure. God sees this one killing people that he hopes people will follow and sees this one say, I'm not reaching out to him because he's mean. And God does not say, well, forget both of you. I'm moving on to the next people. Wouldn't we do that? How quickly do we get frustrated with someone who cannot do their job for any number of reasons? He sticks with these two people and says, you two are going to be in the same room at the same time. You want to talk about Father's Day? How about those siblings? How about those children? And you go, when your dad gets home. Right? When two children will not get it together and agree with one another, when they are on full scholarship in your home, all rides paid for, all clothing paid for, all trips paid for, and they cannot figure it out, would you as a parent go, well, you know what? Y'all get out. We're starting over. Probably not. But we do that with other human beings. We do it with other human beings because we can only handle so much. So this is the final question. Am I willing to be God's chosen instrument? You cannot say it today and be done. You can't. You've got to ask yourself every morning. You've got to ask yourself before you walk in the office. You've got to ask yourself before you interact with a friend who is doing something ridiculous. You've got to ask yourself with a spouse, a parent, a family member who's being unruly. There's probably six times a day where you've got to ask yourself, am I willing to be God's chosen instrument? And you got some choices. You could instead say, you know what? 
you don't meet my standards. Or if you're not going to be friendly like I'm friendly, you're out. Or you can think about these two men who should have never occupied the same space at the same time or one of them would be dead. Now calling one another brother. Now, um, Brad Gray is on the podcast with me. He's a minister in Mount Pleasant. At the end of the podcast, I don't know why, you know, if you hang out with me, weird questions occur to me. He heals Saul. The scales fall off his eyes. You think they spent the night in the house that night? Do you think Ananias was sleeping? Real deep sleep? You think he truly bought in to the fact that Saul was over this sort of thing? Or do you think he thought, hmm, I have no idea what that guy's capable of. These two guys in the same space at the same time because God relentlessly draw them together. So you got to ask yourself, can my path change from what I figured it would be? Can my relationships change from the people that I like to associate with exclusively? Can my allegiances change and be modified if God calls me to do so or am I what I am and uh, God can just deal with it? Am I willing to be God's chosen instrument? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you'll please stand as you're able and join me in our modern affirmation. This is the way that we affirm our faith in this worship service. You're welcome to join uh, with us and read. You're welcome to simply listen. See if you see chosen instrument in these words. We believe in God the Father, infinite in wisdom, power, and love, whose mercy is over all his works and whose will is directed to his children's good. We believe in Jesus Christ, Son of God and Son of Man, the gift of the Father's unfailing grace, the ground of our hope, and the promise of God fulfilled. We believe in the Holy Spirit, as a divine presence in our lives, reminding us always of the truth of Christ, our inspiration and strength in times of joy and sorrow. We believe our faith should be apparent in our words of love and acts of service, that the kingdom of God may be a present reality here on earth. You may be seated. We were um, looking for a children and family director in 2016. And Erin and I sort of knew each other at Buncombe Street. And she wrote on Facebook and said, hey, I might be interested in that job. I've never done it. But I've volunteered in every aspect of it. And since that day, since she was hired, she's walked in the door and tried to create opportunities for intentional faith development for our children all over the place. Um, this week is a great example, and um, she and her team have put in a tremendous amount of work uh, for Vacation Bible School. If you could um, thank her for her efforts uh, building up to this. Mm -hmm. Today is going to be a little bit different at the end of the worship service, and I've got to remember that. That we um, are not going to break down your chairs. Um, the song will simply end. Um, we and Aaron is going to give us instructions about an excellent time during the Sunday school hour where we're going to celebrate the kickoff of EBS. Uh, right now, she's got a um, liturgy uh, for the blessing of the beginning of Vacation Bible School, and if you'll join her in the bold. So, if you are a VBS volunteer in any way, that means if you're serving us dinner if you are teaching, if you are a rotation leader, any of those things, if you will please stand at this time. And I will say, this is not representative. I think there are about 25, 30 of them coming back from the beach today. So we have a large number who make this week possible. And please follow along on the screen. I saw they all landed again. If you want to sit back down, if you're more comfortable, that'll be just fine. Okay. Our Rolling River Rampage VBS begins tomorrow and an amazing group of volunteers has stepped forward to provide leadership. We want to recognize these leaders. Okay, I, already, I guess I jumped ahead of myself. I'm going to go ahead. <laughs> Our, in Isaiah 43:2, God assures us, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. 
All of you standing here or sitting before us are dedicating yourselves to leading children into a deeper relationship with God. May you feel God's presence this week with you and lead our children to experience God in new and powerful ways. Now will the VBS leaders please respond. As we seek God's help, we, we ask, ask you, you to pray, pray for all those whose lives will be touched by what happens here this week. Find adventure on the river. God, help us guide the children to find adventure this week. Find acceptance on the river. God, give us hearts of loving acceptance that we may teach love as Jesus did. Find joy on the river. God, may we help the children discover the joy only you can give. Find rest on the river. God, help us to find rest in you and teach the children to do the same. Find peace on the river. God, may we be instruments of your peace and comfort. And congregation, if you will please respond now. We pray that the Holy Spirit will guide and direct your steps. We pray that the children who attend will sense the presence of the Holy Spirit in their lives and will be endowed with the gifts that God provides. And VBS leaders, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Gracious God, thank you for these you have called to your service. Give each leader a kind and compassionate heart for each child. Fill their hearts with love. Use them this week as your instruments. Amen. It's now time for our offering. Uh, you can uh, place money in the plate as, the, as it goes by. You can simply hand it to the next person. Uh, you can give electronically with instructions in the bulletin. And if you are a guest visitor today, uh, you can rely on the generosity of our people. Yeah. 
Would you stand and join me in the last song? Jim today for holding it down for the entire band so they could rest this week. Sure. We can clap for You're just fortunate that you got different pieces that can carry it but are also deferential to one another. You, we just need to remember to be grateful for that every time. 
um, Aaron is going to give us instructions. If y'all will please have a seat. We've got a, just a different day. And I want to make sure we do everything we do the right way. So in just a few minutes, we'll be starting our VBS kickoff, which is a family event. So I hope that all of you, all ages, will feel welcome to join us. Um, and that will come just following the benediction. Um, after that benediction, if you want to pick up your preschool-aged children, if you want them to be a part of that, they're welcome to stay in the nursery if you have somewhere else to be, but we do welcome them to join us. And our youth volunteers can take their place at stations in the back. If you don't know where to be, you can see me and I will plug you into a spot. Um, our special guest is here, Steve Holt. Um, he is a a uh, talented magician who's been entertaining family audiences for over 40 years. And following the benediction, you will find him right up here um, doing balloons until 10.20, at which time the show will begin. So that will be very fun for all. Um, other instructions would just be, um, oh, and the only other thing I was going to say about Steve was that he will be delivering not just entertainment, but our message of the day. Our first story is... Um, about being a fisher of men. And what better theme for Father's Day than um, if your dad's a fisherman, right? Um, mine was, but not all are. But fishers of men will be our first theme and we will talk about finding adventure on the river. And just one word of housekeeping, please do leave your chairs today uh, so that we can have them for the kickoff. But if any of you can hang out just for a minute afterwards and help me get those on the racks, just like you would after the nine o'clock, I would be most grateful. Uh, I thank you all for joining us today for this special kickoff and what is sure to be a powerful and exciting week for Vacation Bible School. What if I could wear the top hat for the benediction? <laughs> it's catching my eye. If y'all please stand. <laughs> Go in peace. Let's stay in peace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the power, and the presence of the Holy Spirit go with you all. Amen.